Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. And we're going to continue today our series on I Am. And the name I Am is the name that God gave to Moses in the book of Exodus. It's only four letters in Hebrew, but it is the all-encompassing name. And it means I will be what you need me to be. Or another way to say it, I will be what I will be or I will do what you need me to do. So in the I Am series, it's God revealing himself as God, and he says, I am, but then you see he's not only a noun, he is a verb, I must. And anytime we have, or get this, anytime you and I have a revelation of who God is through I am, you're going to have I must rouse up on the inside of you. I don't want to exist. I don't want to barely get along. I want to live my life in an amazing way. Now, today, we're going to go over in John 10, I am the good shepherd. And we're going to read that in a brief moment. However, this is the fourth I am in the gospel of John. In John, there's seven I ams. And seven is the number of perfection. And but four is the number of the world. So you have the north, the south, the east, and the west. And what I am going to share with us today, God is so, so unbelievable. Whoever says, well, I don't like the Bible, it's boring. Well, you probably haven't read the Bible. If you can go, well, I like Netflix. It's a little bit edgy. Read the Song of Solomon. That's really edgy. You'll turn Netflix off. I mean, come on, people. And so, but today, when God begins to reveal himself, four is the number of the world. Now, watch what he does. Because when I introduce myself, like if you go on Facebook, Instagram, you're trying to be an influencer, or you meet someone online, you usually say for me, I'd say, guy, blue eyes, a little bit over six foot, uh, measurably attractive. And you begin to describe yourself. Or you do it this way, you begin to, people will ask, men do this more than women, They'll say this, what do you do for a living? And I remember when I first got out of college and I was working for Procter & Gamble, you guys, I loved it because people, young professionals living in Denver, the young professional town and city of America at the time, they go, what do you do? And I go, I'm in sales management for Procter & Gamble. And you could tell they're going, ooh, wow, he must be smart. Smart. Then several years would pass and I would become a youth pastor. And people go, hey, what do you do? Um, youth pastor go, ooh, you must be dumb, you know? <laughs> and so and, and they, they, they were judging me by what I did. Now, God is amazing. Now, I want to go through the first four I am's. Number one, Michael, who did an amazing job, did I am the light. This is very, very important. God is not subtle with just kind of giving a name. You know, he is going to give you different parts of our worldly, our earthly experience to begin to define himself. So what's the first thing he says? I am the light of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. I mean, it had no space to it. It was empty and darkness hovered over the face of the deep. Verse 2, God said, 
let there be light. You see, God isn't just light. He becomes the light. And because he said, I am light or the light of the world, he had to speak. And he said, let there be light. And notice, I don't care what darkness you have in your life, what confusion I have in my life. And after the last two and a half years, come on, people, culture in the world has become confused. But we're not speaking darkness into darkness. Come on, if he is light, then we are light, and then we must speak light into darkness. We are the enlightenment of all cultures. So is the word, so is the Bible. Can you say amen? Then Pastor Steve just hit the ball out of the park, and he reached on, and if you know it, say it with me. I am the way, let's say it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, let me tell you what he was saying then. This is Exodus. When Jesus is pulling, the first one he pulls from the first words of the Bible, I am the light of the world. The next one, please hear this, it's the book of Exodus, and he's introducing, because Jewish people 2022 years ago would say the Torah, the books of Moses, is the truth. The Torah is the life. The Torah is the way, the way, the truth, and the life. You know what Jesus said? No, I'm the book. I'm the living book. I am the Torah. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the one who you build your life on. Then we looked at I am the door. And can I say Jesus isn't just a door, and not only does he become a door, we become a door, and things open for us, and we open opportunities for other people. Now, today, my favorite one probably, well, actually next week's going to be my favorite one. Nope, nope, nope. Easter is my favorite one. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Come on. Can you say amen? You better bring long shot here on Easter. Come on. And so, but next week, and I really want you to hear this, I will speak on I am the bread of life. What is that? He takes that from the wilderness experience when bread came down from heaven. I have a public service announcement. If you need healing in your body, you need a wholeness in your mind, you need a health in your mental facility, in your brain, come next week as we participate in the Lord's table, communion, Eucharist. I believe we will eat the food of angels and God will heal us, touch us, and restore us. Can you say amen? But today we're saying, I am the good shepherd. Say that with me. I am the good shepherd. One more time. Now, let me just say it right here. You're going to Psalms 80. Go to Psalms 80. Then we're going to go to Psalms 110. Then we're going to John 10, 11 to 21. Now, you must know this. In Israel, shepherds were famous. It was a job description. And so not only did Jesus use Torah, creation, he used a door, which is a metaphor, a picture of who he is. Now he's going into a job description. In, in Israel, Abraham was a shepherd. Uh, Isaac was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Joseph was a shepherd. King David was one of the greatest shepherds of Israel. And even God claimed to be a shepherd. Read with me Psalms 80, and I really do love this. It says, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Let's just let God settle on that. God is not driving us. The law is not driving us. The pandemic's not driving us. World events are not driving us. We're not driven. We're being led by God who is a shepherd. Let's read on. It says, you who dwell between the cherubim and shine forth. Now let's go 
2, Psalms 119, and we're going to begin to read verse 3. And and I just want to make from the get-go, today we're doing I am, and I want to talk about a job description. What is your dream job? Is it an investment banker? Is it an NBA player? Is it to coach Duke basketball? Oh, my goodness, last night was a game. I so wanted Duke to win, but I couldn't because Brianna, my favorite Brianna, wanted North Carolina to win, so North Carolina won. But can I say, what is your dream job? Why would God choose the job description of someone who has low pay, little training needed, no skills, but you're going to have to risk your life? And he says, I am the good shepherd. Now, get this. I really believe this. You're, we are going to be shocked on what God is doing in our lives and in this church in the next year. And I really believe that we could conquer this region of California if we are a people who believe in God, if we are a people who are generous, if we are a people who not only believe and we're generous, but we have a unity that is uncommon. But this last thing that we serve, no church will ever reach greatness and change a city with, with a few staff members. God desires that all of us, if he is a shepherd, he wants all of us to become an under-shepherd where we are here to serve, to protect, to sacrifice, and to lead and not drive people. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, when the world, when California sees us serving one another, serving the city, serving the marginalized, they're going to begin to have their souls revived, and they're going to begin to check Jesus out. If you want that long, that was a horrible golf swing. If you're going to play golf, ladies, elbow to the hip, you're going to have to, I want to go further. I don't want to just reach a little bit. We want to reach all of California in the way we do that is we obey the job description that Jesus Christ gave us. Can you say amen? So look at Psalms 110 verse 3. It says, your people shall volunteer or be volunteers. Really underline that. God's not calling you to do volunteer. He's not calling you to serve. He's calling you to be a volunteer in the day of your power. I would say when God's power comes, people willingly offer themselves. So now let's go to John chapter 10, and we're going to begin to read verses 11 to 21. And I really believe, now get this once again, why would Jesus attach to one of the I am statements? This is where he's declaring deity, I am God, a job description. And he is showing not only who he is, but who he's calling us to be. Now, as we read this, I need you to underline or pay attention to the phrase, the good shepherd. Say that with me. The Say it again. Then I want you to underline the word no. Look for it. It's in these verses four times. No. He knows his sheep. His sheep know him. His father knows and loves him. I want you to pay attention to that word. Another one I want you to pay attention to is no one can take my life. I lay my life down only to pick it up again. Did you get that? I lay it down to pick it up again. Did you get that? I lay it down to pick it up again. And so here we go. We're going to begin to read Verses 11 to 21, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, and he begins to define what is, it's a comparison between one that's good and one that's false, one that's authentic and one that's disingenuous. 
The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, underline that word, he who is not the shepherd, so a shepherd is, I mean, a hireling is not the shepherd. One who does not own the sheep sees the wolf, and a wolf is a predator. It's one who will stop the progress, the development of God's people coming and leaves the sheep. And he not only leaves, he flees, he runs. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters him. Did you get it? The purpose of when the enemy attacks our lives, he's trying to scatter us from the fold of God. Verse 13. The hireling flees. Why? Because he is a hireling. It's a career. It's his job. Clocked in my hours. He said, does not care about the sheep. Verse 14. I, say it with me, I am the good shepherd. And, get, no, here it goes. Here's this word, no. you got to start. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. Did you get that? I'm known by my own. 15, as the Father knows me. Did you get it? It's our motivation. Why would we volunteer? Because the Father knows us. You're with me? It says, the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and because I know the Father and he knows me, I lay down my life for who? For the sheep. Verse 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this full, them I almost must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Everyone say one. Say it again. Verse 17, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. You lay it down, you take it up again. You lay it down, you take it up again. You lay it down, you take it up again. Let me tell you where we're going to land the plane today. There is no way, and I don't know about you, but I am starving I am hungry, I am believing for resurrection in a couple weeks on Sunday, not for a bunny, not for a basket, not for a pink shirt. I am believing that if Jesus has been raised from the dead and he is the resurrection and the life, any part of my brain, my life that's experienced death, separation, hurt, or pain, I want the power and miracle of being raised back up to life again. And this is important because we will never experience take your life back if you never laid it down. Too often we're trying to keep our life that we lose our life, but instead of giving our life, that's how you find your life. Are you with me? I want to find myself. I, some people have lost themselves over the last two and a half years. And why? Because we try to hold on to that which is precious. If your life isn't valued, you're going to give it away. But if somehow you have a sense, you have value in you, when you give it away, then you can take it up back again because of Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. Can you say amen? And so let's read verse 18. I need to stop preaching. My goodness. No one takes it from me. Say that. No one takes it from me. Shout it out. All the women said. Ooh, man, you know that had some attitude. No one's taking these Tory Burr shoes from me uh -uh, after the Thanksgiving sale. Come on. Is anyone with me? Can you hear the women? No one's taking this parking spot, you know. Here we go. It says no one takes it from me. Men, let's say it. Oh, the man in front of me, oh, uh, I'm tired. Here, take it, you know. 
It says, but I lay it down of myself. Did you get that? I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore, there was a division. Underline that word, division. In John, this is the third time who Jesus is, what he's saying, it's causing division. Now, it's not division amongst believers. It's a division between the true and the false, the disingenuous and the authentic. In those who are real leaders, those who are posing as a leader. And many of them said, he has a demon. He's crazy. He's mad. Why do you listen to him? Verse 21, others said, these are not words of one who has a demon. Can a demon heal the eyes of the blind? Can you say amen? Let me just say this again. In the Bible, shepherds are all over, and it's a very, very common job description. Now, today, we wouldn't really understand that when we say shepherds. I am the good shepherd just kind of goes over. Like we say, I am a good barista. I am a good nurse. I am a good doctor. Think of the dream job that you would want. You would not want a shepherd. Today, it would probably be this. Uh, I am the good police. You see, today, it used to be in the world that police were good. But through time and through history, their police, some of them are corrupt, and they could be easily bought. And there's nothing worse than when someone is in a leadership position and they can be bought. Can I say when someone tries to buy me, I say, trouble, back up, son, back up, daughter. I'm not for sale. I've already been purchased, and I was not purchased through your little iPhone, iCredit card. I have been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So back up. He gave his life. He took it back again that I can have my life. Are you with me? And so, yes, it's not, and I get it why sometimes people are saying defund the police. That's not the answer. The answer isn't to get rid of those who are supposed to protect us. But can I say the answer? Because today you say, well, I'm not going to church anymore. Why? Well, I know a pastor that was really bad. He fell. How many of you ever known a banker that made a bad decision? Thank you for that witness. All right, a big golf clap. How many of you known a mechanic that was not good, not good, not good? How many of you ever met a coach that was not good, a teacher that's not good, a doctor that's not good, a wealthy businessman or woman that's not good? Why, did you st- why don't you stop going to the bank? Why didn't you stop going to school? Why didn't you stop going to see a doctor? The only place we do that is when someone who's leading in the church goes wrong. I'm never going to church again. Well, you went to the doctor again. You went to the mechanic again. You went to the bank again. I want to go to church because our God is a good shepherd. Are you with me? Now, please understand this. Shepherding was very common. It would be like police or or another one, firemen. When others are running out, Rob Beeson, Rob Beeson is going to be running in. And so what's the difference? Please get this between the good and the bad, the false and the true. I want you to really get this, the disingenuine. And those who are authentic, it's one thing, they sacrifice their life. And what the world is needing right now, we need to get our soul back. 
We need our soul. And our soul is not going to come from an animated film or one night at the Oscars or a walk on the beach. I say we need to get our soul back. And the key of getting your soul back is you lay it down only to take it up again. The world needs volunteers, not bosses alone. Are you with me? And I personally believe our church will not multiply by six staff members, 10 staff members, 20 staff members. It will multiply by an army of sacrificial under shepherds that volunteer because they know God, they're loved by God, and they're in a relationship with God. Can you say amen? And we really believe that. Now, he, it's a comparison. He's saying, hey, I am. It would be like him saying, yeah. I am the good fireman. I am the good doctor. I am the good servant. Now, hear me. Shepherds made little money. Shepherds really long hours, hard work, and you were subject to the outward elements called weather, and you had predators, wolves, thieves, robbers would come in, and it usually cost the life of the shepherd. So you know what? If you signed up, people come to church all the time. I like City Church, California. It's like a cruise ship. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Well, let me tell you something. It's not a cruise ship. We're in a war. It is a battleship, and it's not going to be comfortable, but I have good news. We win in the end. Come on. Can you say amen? Now, Jesus is unbelievable. He says, I am the good shepherd. And I remember, if you ever had a first grader, my Jake was in first grade, and we went, he had one guy, a kid in his class. His dad was a football player in the NFL. His granddad was a football player in the NFL. And the kid gets up, and his dad and granddad are there. He goes, my dad played football in the NFL, and I'm a football guy. And when I get older, I'm going to be a football guy. Another gal, her dad played uh, baseball for the Yankees and the Mariners. My dad is a baseball guy. When I get older, I'm going to play baseball, the girl said. Then so Jake gets, well, one guy goes, my dad is in Bill Gates, true story, inner circle. He makes a lot of money. And when, he's, when I'm older, I'm going to be a Microsoft guy, and I'm going to make a lot of money. And go, well, who doesn't want that job? Come on, what do you want on your dream board? Lived, made a lot of money, and died. Money's not bad, and it's good, and it can make the world go around. But that's not the job. Jesus didn't say, I'm the money. He said this, I am this job description. And when he said, I am the good shepherd, again, low skill, low pay, long hours, but it was very, very common. Jake gets up there, and, he, and I go, I wonder what he's going to say. You guys, in college, I was a sweeper at Knott's Berry Farms. I thought, is he going to say, my dad was a head sweeper, you know? <laughs> One of my jobs, I was a cook at Pizza Hut. I was a pizza cook. I thought, maybe he'll say, uh, my dad was a pizza cook, and I'm going to make pizza, pizza, pizza. Kid you not, you never guess what he said. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, he's because the year before he said, My dad worked at Knott's Berry Farms, he was a sweeper, and all the other dad go, loser. I'm like, your mother, you know. Kid you not, Jake goes, My dad gets up early to pray before the sun gets up. And my dad is a prayer guy, and when he prays, ooh, man, it makes me cry because now he has three, and whether he prayed before or not, he will begin to pray, amen? He's in a zone. He just doesn't know it. 
He says, and when my dad prays, things happen. And when I get older, I am going to be a prayer guy. I want you to think about what Jesus is saying. He could have been anything. He's God. He's God. And when you're powerful, maybe you're a president. Maybe you're a senator. Maybe you own Tesla. Maybe you're Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. And people look at you and they see raw power and talent and affluence. What would be the job description? What would you write on your dream board? What is Jesus, the president of all presidents, the king of all kings, the God that is very God? What does he say? It humbles me. It humbles me. He said, I want to be a servant. I'm going to be the janitor at Starbucks. I am going to be your pet sitter. And I'm going to take care of your dog better than you take care of your dog. I am going to show you how to volunteer. I believe sacrificial volunteerism will change the world. I believe when we get a hunch that he is and he must and I am and I must, I must be about my father's business. Come on. Are you with me? And that's what he's saying. He said, no, I am the good and you must know this. Now, I want you to write this down. Put, put good, put bad, all right? Put good, Put bad. Say that with me. You're good. I love you. Good. Do it in Spanish. <laughs> I, could all t I could tell my Spanish people. They, they wanted to say that for about a year. Bueno. You know, all the gringos go, what? Okay, do bad in Spanish. Milo. Oh, you know that one, Milo. You know that ain't right. Now, get this. He's contrasting between the good and the bad. Now, I want you to write this down. Three times he says this. I and You don't have to say it. Mine doesn't. Okay, you can if you want. Okay. When I did this, I thought of the thinker in New York City. Oh, okay. By the way, some of you, I know you're thinking, where did you get the chain? I'm not a jewelry guy. It's Jake, the great I am, gave me this for Christmas. And he said, Dad, did you not like my gift? And I go, no, uh, I'm wearing it today. <laughs> <laughs> I am the quick-witted one, yes. Okay, let's get back to this. This is how the original Greek construction of that phrase, I am the, not a, because if he's a, it means he's just your garden variety shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am, three times, the good shepherd. Now, the way it's written in the Greek, it goes like this. This is the construction of the sentence. I, it's better. I don't know why they didn't put it this way. I need to tell them. He says it this way in the Greek. I am the shepherd that's good. I am the shepherd that's good. You know what he's doing? Contrast to the ones that are bad. They all knew. You knew who they called the shepherds of Israel? Not just God, not just Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, not only Joseph, all of them, God himself. The leaders of Israel were called shepherds.
And he was saying, they even have an entire chapter in the Old Testament, Ezekiel, where he talks about false shepherds, false shepherds, false shepherds, false shepherds. In that category, why don't you put bad down? What is a bad shepherd? It's someone who takes and they don't give. It's someone who's not totally authentic. Okay, so they take. They're not authentic. And can I just say, how many of you want God to anoint you? How many of you want an anointing ministry? I can tell you this. The anointing is on the real you, not the fake you. Did you hear what I said? The anointing is not on the you you want to be. It's on the real you. And, he, and so what is the contrast? And it says this. There's false, there's truth. There's bad, there's good. The bad ones seek their own benefit. The bad ones, when an enemy comes, they flee. You know what a wolf is today? Yeah, they're wolves, people. They're wolves in every part of society. And God forbid, I wish I wouldn't have to say this today, there's sometimes wolves that come into the church. And even Paul said, the thing that concerns me as I depart and go into eternity, that there will be wolves that come into the church and disguise themselves. Even Christ said this, as sheep dressed, I mean wolves dressed up in sheep clothing why to steal to kill to destroy to scatter to take not give so literally that the sheep's life the sheep's life do you say that right is threatened but the hireling's life is spared that is not a good leader and I want to say this a wolf is a coward in a crisis I'm gonna turn this way and I'm gonna say that over here the wolf is a coward in a crisis. In the world, policy, politics, education, what's going around, what's happening with race and gender, we do not need any more cowards. We need people who are going to begin to lay down their lives for other people and actually sacrifice for those who can't give anything back to you. Are you with me? You see, think of this. A shepherd was for the sheep. The sheep are not for the shepherd. Too many times ministers even say, well, you know, the ministry. That's how they say it. I'm an imitator. The ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. The ministry is about people. Ugly people, good-looking people, poor people, wealthy people, broken people, and really broken people. Because all of us are broken, and we need a shepherd to come after us. Come on. Can you say amen? Now, just real, real quick, in Ezekiel, it says the false shepherds feed themselves. Now, if you really want to irritate me, if you have a young child, <laughs> fix your plate before you fix your child's plate, and Becky will slap you. Come on, we're here to serve, not just be served. Amen? Everyone say, I am an under-shepherd, under the good shepherd. Say, I am a volunteer, under the shepherd that is good. Now, what are three qualities of the good shepherd? Go back to John 10. What are three qualities? Number one, you sacrifice. Sacrifice. Ladies, never, ever, ever marry a man who's selfish. Okay, that went over really, really big. <laughs> Amen. Preach it. All men are losers. No. 
Ladies, when you're in your 20s, you want a man with muscle. When you get to be 30, you want him to have money. When you're 40, you hope he has a brain. I'd scratch all that. How many of you ladies want to have a successful, fulfilling, lifelong, happy, crazy good marriage for the rest of your life? <laughs> was that a guy clapping like that? Zach, was that you? Zach, ladies. Look at Zach. He was going, that guy could get married today, you know? Now watch this, watch this, watch me, watch me. Never ever marry someone who doesn't sacrifice. I believe, hear me, any relationship will be healed, will have a soul if they sacrifice. I want to read this. I'm going to tell you the three, then we're going to read it again and we'll end. Number one, a good shepherd sacrifices. Or let's say it this way. The shepherd that is good always sacrifices. You're going, well, what's in it for me? I already have a job. I'm tired. I have a chronic fatigue. <laughs> well, for the record, Jesus also had a job. And he went to the cross. Yeah, he was a carpenter. Sorry. Paul had a job. He was a tent maker, home builder. Oh, but he still took three missionary trips. Even Paul said, I am an apostle. I must go to Rome. What is your I am? Because it's your I am that will direct I must. And so God made you to make coffee. Come on, Jehovah Java. Make your coffee that others would be healed. Are you with me? If you're all that, then some, and you know how to decorate a room, come on, Martha Stewart. That's your I am. You have an I must. Come on. You know what my goal is? In this next year, we will raise up 75 new prayer servants sacrificially interceding for the church, the leaders, the city. I am believing in the next year. Now, this is really crazy out there. I don't want just a staff that's going to serve and we just sit here on a Sunday morning spectating like the game last night, which was amazing. You know, my God, I don't know if you'd see a better game. However, that's not, I mean, you know who gets the glory? The men on the court. Can I say, you know who gets the glory in this light? Those who are serving. I am believing for more than 100 servants in, uh, servants in guest experience, in the parking lot, hosts, ushers, greeters. Come on, sign holders. Maybe you say, I am a sign holder. Then, then strut your cuteness. Then you must sign up. Come on. Are you with me? Now, if you're not comfortable holding a sign where you could actually model and get people to come in, there's another job. It's called changing diapers in many youth. Come on. City kids. I don't know why I said many youth. Dear God, don't you dare try to change a youth. <laughs> Someone say sacrifice. Say relationship. Say sacrifice. Relationship. Unity. Okay, can you go back to 10, and we're, we're going to fill this out. Here we go. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for this sheep, but the hireling who does not, uh, is not the shepherd, the one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees. Why? Because he's a hireling. It's a job. If you're going to serve at our church, please don't check in and check out. Don't do it for me. 
Don't do it for me. Do it for the one who, who loves you and called you and saved you. I remember as an associate pastor one time going to pray, and God has gifted me and called me to pray. And my service, really, is one that isn't seen much. I was just at a major conference ministering in Palm Springs, people from all over the world, literally in this nation. And a distinguished pastor of thousands upon thousands of people in Texas came up to me. He said, how is it that you affected so many of the nation's young leaders in the body of Christ? And I started laughing. I said, two reasons. Number one, the place of prayer. I met the youth of my nation before I met them in the place of prayer. And I would give time and energy and I would stand in the gap. And I said, the next one, you want to know what a good shepherd looks like? Go and speak at a youth camp somewhere in America or Canada where they have no money to pay you. And after speaking 11 times, I'll never forget the first time I got an invitation to speak at someone else's youth group, their camp. They said, we're expecting a word from God. I had to speak 11 times. I fasted, fell on my knees, and it's like, I don't think I have 11 sermons, Lord. You're going to have to, they want a word from God. Can I tell you? Then we get an envelope that says, I'm sorry, with a little bit of change in it. But guess what? I'm not a hireling. They didn't hire me. They can't fire me. Are you with me? God called me, and he's called me to literally serve people. Are you with me? So we got to read this. Everyone say sacrifice. sacrifice. Say relationship. Yes. Unity. Okay, let's go on to this. I am the good shepherd, verse 14, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Get that. As, as the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father, and get this, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. There, get this, verse 17, I want you to really get this. Therefore, because what? What's the therefore? The therefore is there because he's saying the Father loves me. Why does the Father love him? Because he's going to sacrifice his life. He's going to volunteer. Tear. Therefore, my father loves me. Why? Because I laid down my life. Why? That I may take it up again. I lay it down that I could take it up again. I lay it down. Come on. I don't get knocked down. You know that song? I get knocked down. I get up again. No, no, no. You know why I could get up again? Because Jesus Christ laid down his life. And when I laid down my life, there's resurrection power to lift me up again. Are you with me on that? And so I love this. He goes, he said, I may take it up again. Verse 18, no one takes it from me. Come on, shout that out. Shout it out again. One more time. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from the Father. And so let's go through it this way. Everyone say sacrifice. So get this. My, one of my favorite verses in the entire scripture and we're going to be ending, and band come up so they'll think I'm ending, all right? But here we go. 1010, the thief only comes to steal, I tried to say kill and steal at the same time, and it's going to come out still. Okay, let's do it again. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. Get what Jesus said. I have come that they may have life, life, life life and life more abundantly now get this when he says i lay down my life no one takes my life from me 
I lay it down. It's a different word for life. In John 10, 10, it's Zoe, which means uncreated life. No one could take that life from you. No one. And that's why John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would have eternal life, and they would pass from death and judgment into life, Zoe life. That's not the life he's talking about when he says, I'll lay it down. It's not even, there's a Greek word for physical life. It's called bios, and it's where we get biology, the study of life. Guess what word it is? Suke. In the Greek, we would get our English word psychology. Please hear me. My heart breaks for our nation, our region, our state. In the last two and a half to three years, and I would say maybe for some, in the last five years, it's like our soul has been taken away. America cannot be great without a soul. But when you see the soul of the people that is not only expressed for a few paid people who serve the church, and actually if someone is paid by the church, their only job description should be to equip you and train you to do a job where you may not be recognized, get little pay, but you are going to have so much soul come into you that when life and hell and the devil and some joker tries to come and rob you of your human soul and you feel like you're a zombie and you're only just existing, God never called anyone to exist. He called us to have a soul. But you know where a soul comes from? It doesn't always come from a sermon. And it doesn't always come from music. But it does come from volunteering. Because something happens when you volunteer. You actually take your eyes off yourself. And you put it on another human being. And you begin to give to them. Sacrifice for them. And guess what? They may not have the power or the money to give back to you. But it's a joy. I know what it is. I was talking to a pastor in this city this week. And he said, pastoring is so difficult. Can you imagine? We moved here 11 and a half years ago. 18 months into it, Becky stricken with lymphoma and they said it was incurable. I told the young man who's a minister, I said, he goes, did you ever want to quit? Yeah. Every Monday. Why? Because it followed Sunday. And if they liked me, I was in for another week. But you know what really shifted me and put Ventura in my soul? It's what they did for Becky and I. The worst news of our life. You have one month to live. And what did we want to do? I wanted to run. Terlene, I wanted to run. I never wanted to face it again. And I felt God saying, is that what you're going to do for these people? You're going to run? The enemy comes in, you're going to flee? That What? Is this a job for you? Is this a career for you? Is this the dream board? Is that all you want? You want to be a communicator? 
I am looking, and by the way, it didn't say Jesus the good communicator. Jesus the good influencer. Jesus the good shepherd that lays down his suke, his soul. Why? That we can have a soul. Then I love this next one, relationship. He says, I know the Father. And the Father knows and loves me. That word know, it's not like having facts about someone. Justin Bieber's a singer. Obama was a president. Well, tell me something that Wikipedia can't tell me. It is to have a relationship with God. No, Adam knew Eve and they had children. Abraham knew Sarah and Isaac was born. Come on, remember Joseph? Angel appears to him and he goes, hey, Mary's with child. How can it be? I have not known her. Intimate word. What is eternal life? Crystal. No one can take eternal life from us. Why? It's a relationship. And you know what? You must get this. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, they've always been together. They're unified. In the way, way before there was angels, demons, sin, wrongdoing. Kid you not, the Father said, they're going to make a bad choice. And they're going to veer from us. But we're going to be shepherds that are good. And one of us are going to have to lay down our life. All of a sudden, the Trinity, who's one, Jesus said, Father, that's me. You don't have to make me a president. You don't have to make me famous. You don't have to make me so good looking. I'll be on the cover of People magazine in Nazareth back in the day. You don't even have to make me a letterman's jacket. I'm going to be that shepherd that's good. And I'm going to show them I'll lay my life down for them. And you know what's amazing? Why? Because the shepherd owned the sheep. And the shepherd was responsible for the sheep. And you know what happened to me? I'll tell you when I got my soul back. It was a Thursday night. You can ask Florence. We were here for prayer. My Jake was here. My sons were here. And I had to come and tell the church, Becky's been diagnosed with a lymphoma. And I'm telling you, it was the most overwhelming. I was petrified. And I wanted to run, but I knew I couldn't run away from you. Because God called me to help shepherd you. And you shepherd during the pain. You shepherd when it's comfortable. You shepherd when it's not easy. You shepherd when you don't understand. Because with every I am, there is a I must lay down my life. If he gave me his life, I'm going to give them my life. Come on. And this is what happened. I kid you not. And I'm not against online church. I'm not against video casting. I'm not against YouTube sermons. But let's get honest. If you get a diagnosis, do you think any of those famous people are going to come and see you? Probably not. You said, when did you start getting your soul back? The people of the city church. Betty McCarty. She did my laundry. Holy mother of God. That's a real shepherd. Kim Frager. We were fasting. She brought over meatloaf. I go, my God, I'm supposed to be fasting. She goes, no, not this year. We'll fast for you. You need some protein. You know what happened? I kid you not. I got my soul back. You want your soul back? I refuse to be a spectator in church. Oh, no. 
You can come to church every week and still leave and not have your soul. Jesus Christ did not die on a cross to make us spectators in a religious service. He made us, come on, shepherds that we could be under him and lay our lives down for those who are broken, addicted, marginalized, that we don't understand. Come on. Are you with me on that? Can you stand up? Relationship. Now, watch this. This is a trinity. Before time, devil, sin, brokenness. Says it in there. The Father knows and loves me. Why? Because I lay my life down. God, watch me. Don't watch them. God is attracted to volunteers. God is attracted to volunteers. I love buying Becky perfume. I don't like perfume that's too, too sweet, yuck. Too floral, ah. It's the right smell. And I can smell it all day. God is very attracted to volunteers who do not volunteer when people's eye is upon them. But they're doing it because they know the Father and they're loved by the Father. This is for you. This is for you. You really can't be in the youth ministry and not know that you're doing it for the Father. How could you teach kindergartners for a quarter of a century, a quarter of a century in a Christian school where you make no money really? The love of the Father, and I'm known by Him. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. Are you with me? And so I am the good shepherd. He laid down his soul that I can have a soul. He has a relationship, knowing and loving. Last one, he unifies. I actually think volunteering unifies and heals people more than any act. The Bible, actually, I've seen Christians divide one another, beat each other up with the Bible. If you want your home to be healed, begin to lay your life down for your home. If you want this city to be healed, let's begin to volunteer for this city. I personally think Washington, D.C., if you think I'm crazy, I think they could be healed if they would just simply serve one another. I am going to call Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and I'm going to tell them, that the Republicans will be coming to their Democratic offices this week and cleaning them and serving them. Wouldn't that be a novel idea? Instead of fighting with each other. When you don't serve, you have too much time on your hands to pick at, uh, look at everyone else's fault. Oh, by the way, isn't it funny? Let me just show you this. This is what people do if you ever travel and they think you're something, but you're not. Oh, pastor. Can I carry that for you? Oh, no, no, pastor. Let me open the door now. It's nice. Then I see him with their wife, and the wife is carrying her own Bible. He shuts the door in her face, and it's like, it begins at home, right? And it begins on the job. 
I am praying 100 new volunteers in guest experience, 100 new volunteers in city kids. I am praying for 75 new volunteers in our prayer ministry. Will you take up the charge? Where does this begin? It begins here at this church. When? On a Sunday. Where? In the parking lot. Coffee, guest services, production, worship. Come on. That's when California gets her soul back in those long shots. We'll run to Jesus. Come on. Can you say amen? Sacrifice, relationship, unity. And this is where we end. And I, I feel this strongly. And I need to, we're ending because of time, media. There are people here in your soul. There's only a part of you. You've been devoured. And because the shepherds own the sheep, in the law, in Leviticus, in Isaiah, when the wolf or the enemy came to attack the sheep, remember David told Saul, he said, you have, you're a boy. You have no experience. He says, no, I was watching the sheep. I, I'm under shepherd. And my dad owns the sheep, but I was watching. And they had a bear and a lion. And they each had the sheep in their mouth. And I went and I rescued the sheep. And I overcame the bear and the lion. In the world today, there is a bear and a lion attacking people across this world. And we need shepherds who are not going to be cowards in a crisis. And we're not going to flee when everyone else is fleeing. And we'll stand up what is right and just and equitable and fair. Come on. That is who we are. But listen to this. If a sheep was attacked and devoured by a wolf, a predator, and the wolf only had a leg or a paw, that shepherd would go get that piece of the sheep to bring it to the owner and say, I was doing my job. And I've been meditating on that. I stand before you. I tell you, when Becky went through what she went through and when we moved here, I felt like I was devoured. I felt like, have you ever felt like the enemy ripped you apart and they had things that had died within you? But then there was a shepherd who left the 99 and he came after the one. And the one wasn't even the best sheep. And the one wasn't even the cutest sheep. And the one was a broken sheep. And one that had been torn and devoured. And he came and he said, here, give me that piece of that sheep. Because when you lay your life down, there is a power to take it up again. And somehow that resurrection will take a foot, a paw, an eye and create a whole new being. Come on. Something about serving, it reshapes you and molds you. Crystal, God loves you. And the world waits for you. And life's trying to devour you. And there's only a little part left in you. But guess what the shepherd said? Father, all she has left is this little paw. But that's enough. That's all I need, Father. I laid it down. Now I'm going to raise her up again. Come on. You don't believe me? How about people have died at sea? People have burned in a building. But yet they were believers. And on that last day when the trumpet comes, the dead in Christ will be raised. What is it? He'll get one speck of one dirt, of one believer, and he'll say, 
I laid it down, now I bring you up. I will not live in the gutter anymore. Come on. I got a shepherd that's good. Are you with me? All right. I think it's time for me to stop yelling. Amen. How many say you need God to lift you up again? How many of you say there's just a little bit? I just have a piece. All he needs. All he needs. You say, I'm empty. He'll speak light. You say, I need to know the way. He is the way. You say, I need an opportunity. He is that door. You say, I need something good in my life. I've been deceived. I've been literally misled. He's a good shepherd. He'll take the peace you have and he'll recreate you and cause you to be born again. Amen. Now, how many of you would say right now, I need God to do that miracle. There's just a little peak. He already left the 99. He's coming after you right now. He's just right there. You're saying, I'm telling you, I'm speaking to myself. I feel a joy coming in my spirit. I feel the joy of the Lord that is in my strength. Then I'm not going to contemplate on yesterday, but I'm going to focus right now in serving and laying my life down. Can you say amen? If that's you, raise your hand. Wave at me. Come on. Everyone should be wanting to volunteer after this message. My goodness, people. Or your blood sugar has gotten low. You need a hamburger. I get it. Keep your hand up. Wave at me. Father, right now we come in life, in ministry, in church for us is not for a few elite performers and creators, but it is for everyone. We are the sheep of your pasture, and we enter into your presence, Lord, with the fullness of joy and words that are inexpressible and full of glory. And God, I pray now the peace of people. I'm telling you, Darlene, not only is he going to give that back to you, you're going to be known as a shepherdess that heals. In fact, Darlene, the shepherd of the sheep is coming. The enemy tried to put a cap over the well of your spirit, and he's taken that cap off the well. You're going to water the sheep, lead the sheep, feed the sheep, and you will protect the sheep. Come on, man. I believe that it's our time to begin to volunteer, not just for women serving in the house of God. Our men are going to be radical servants for Jesus Christ in the mighty, mighty name of God. One last thing you would say today, I want to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, not just believing, not just facts, but I mean, where he knows you and you know him, everything about you, the good, the bad, the ugly. And he said, but he loves me. He's choosing me. On three, you're going to raise your hand. One, you're saying, I'm giving my whole heart to Jesus Christ. Two, on three, you're going to lift your hand. I'm entering into that relationship. So that's what we mean when we say believe. Three, right now, raise your hand. Thank you right there. Thank you right there. Anyone? Thank you right there. Yep. Anyone else? Stop. Shout. Hey, this week, try this. Wherever your pain is go and serve someone else sign up their teams there's tables out there everybody sign up and volunteer and watch your soul will come back to you listen we so appreciate you spending time with us if you'd like to invest into what god is doing through city church california you can go to our website citychurchca.com and click give thanks again and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this sunday